Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. Today's guest is Rory Moyeda, who played soccer at Guilford College from 2009 to 2012, and is currently the Director of Team Administration for DC United in Major League Soccer. Rory, welcome to the show. Great, thanks very much. So you were born in Venezuela because your father was a professional soccer player and was playing there at the time, right? That's correct, yeah. Uh, my mom obviously also had been living there for several years and and worked there as well, but they met and started a family. Oh, that's awesome. They actually met in Venezuela? Yeah, so she's a journalist. And my dad, along with playing soccer, owned a restaurant, so uh, she went to lunch at his restaurant um, on her first day there for work. So, Oh, that's uh, such that's a good how they story. Met. Yeah. That's awesome. So you spend the first few years of your life there. Do you have memories of your time there? A little bit, you know. Uh, like I said, my dad owned a couple of restaurants while we were there. So I remember, you know, going to the restaurant and, you know, kind of pretending to serve patrons beer or wine <laughs> or, or food. Um, I remember, like, preschool stuff a little bit, but my sister being born, but, you know, minimal stuff, right? I left when I was four, so. Uh, okay, yeah, that's pretty young to have any was, memories. Yeah, exactly. You and your family then moved to Alexandria, Virginia, when, like you said, you're around four or five. And I can't think of Alexandria without thinking of Remember the Titans. <laughs> you know, actually, we lived, I think, right behind or very close to Coach Boone, um, like the oh, original no one. Oh, my and God. When I was a kid, I always thought it was Denzel Washington. So I was like, <laughs> we live right next to Denzel Washington. Not true, but um, <laughs> the actual so Coach Boone lived in our neighborhood, which is pretty cool. But wow. uh, yeah, did you ever Coach talk Boone to him? He's not too far away. I'm sure I saw him, but uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I was pretty young at that time. Uh, missed opportunity, Rory. I know, I know. Trust me, I know. It's like my favorite <laughs> movie. One of them. So at the time that you moved back to the U.S., your dad is done with soccer at that point, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my dad was finished playing, uh, and he just wanted to focus on the family and come back and work here. Uh, my mom got a job back here. Uh, it was the situation in Venezuela was getting a little unsafe. Um, mm, yeah. And, you know, my parents were pretty forward-thinking because it wasn't even that bad. Obviously, the last, you know, five, six, seven years, it's, it's gotten even worse. Yeah, yeah, they, they were smart um, to get out But they just tried there. to get out ahead, yeah. And your mom, she played soccer too at Virginia Tech, so I'm assuming she was from that area of Virginia? No, so she grew up in Maryland, in Silver Spring. Okay. And she played for the club team. There wasn't quite a, a varsity team yet. It was right around, uh, right after Title IX, uh, so it hadn't got started, but I think she was part of the first group of women to start the club team there, which was like kind of the first... Um, you know, version of women's soccer, mm, good for which her. is pretty cool. Yeah, very cool. So this love for soccer is a family affair. And you mentioned you had a sister, and she actually ended up playing soccer at Hofstra, right? She did, yeah. So she graduated a couple years ago, um, did really well there, actually won uh, her conference, made it to the NCAAs a couple times. Um, she's a lot better than I am, but <laughs> it's... Uh, it was it was cool to see her succeed there. Yeah, that's awesome. How old were you when you started playing soccer yourself? Honestly, I I couldn't tell you. I'm sure I was right when I moved to the U.S., maybe around four or five, basically mm-hmm. from 
the beginning, right? As soon as I could walk and, and kind of <laughs> kick a ball around, I was, I was doing that and always playing around the house. And my dad always had us in the backyard, you know, me and my sister versus him or him helping us out. So it started, it started pretty early. Nice. And, you know, since your parents had played, do you think they sort of gently pushed you towards soccer or do you think they let you do your own thing and it happened to also be playing soccer? They definitely didn't push me at all. I mean, it it was because that was really all my dad knew. Um, That's all we watched on TV. Mm -hmm. uh, And my mom was never into like football or basketball or any other sports really. So it was always around and I was always watching them play indoor or play outdoor in their like adult leagues. So uh, I was always just around it and they didn't make me do anything, but I (laughs) decided that I always wanted to, to play soccer and, that was it. Nice. And what position were you in soccer? I kind of played all over. Oh, uh, nice. I, I'm much more of an attacking-minded player. I usually play in college. I play left mid, left wing. Okay. Um, and nowadays I play either there or up top uh, as a forward. But okay. as a kid, my mom was my coach for a couple of years, and she made me play defensive mid, left back, um, center mid. You know, she made me play all over the place. Just to get a feel of, of all the positions, so I've kind of yeah, that's smart. Way. That's awesome that your mom coached you. So was it an all boys team? Uh, it was, yeah. So she wow. was one of two women coaches. It was a one, like my best friend growing up. Uh, his mom was the head coach. So for one of our teams, right? Obviously, it's mm-hmm. uh, moved around quite a bit, but um, but it was great for her just to spend more time with her and have her coach. And my dad obviously helped out a little bit when he could. Um, so it was, it was cool to have them, you know, together. Yeah, that's that great. Us. Obviously when they, <laughs> when they would get mad or whatever it was, or when I would get frustrated with, frustrated with them, it was not just as a coach, it was as a parent or as a, <laughs> as a son. So it made yeah. it a little more complicated, but. I think that's so cool though, that, you know, a group of young boys are coached by women and that you kind of learn at a young age to have respect for women and that, you know, women are good at sports too. For sure. For sure. I mean, I, again, it was always, that was always ingrained in my mind um, Mm -hmm. just because of not only my mom, but my sister. So I hope that was the message from my teammates, you know? Yeah, hopefully. Uh, I think it was. That's good. We never had any issues. Good, good. (laughs) (laughs) Did you play any other sports growing up? I played hockey, I think for two years. I was maybe 10. Yeah, ice hockey. So, oh, wow. uh, you know, nothing too serious. It was like a rec league. Um, but because ice time is pretty valuable, like there's not a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the games and the practices were always super early in the mornings on the weekends, Oof. like Saturday mornings at 7 no, or 8 a.m. or whatever it was. So it, it took both for me and my parents very quickly to get over it and, and not want to make that commitment and just stick to soccer. Yeah, that's tough. Ice hockey is interesting to me because first you have to learn how to skate and then you have to learn the sport. There's like two right, steps exactly. to it. And I was okay at skating. Obviously got a little better when I played, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it took a while to get the combination right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a nephew. He's in the Midwest and he's five. Or no, he's six actually now. That's a, me being a bad aunt. Whoops. But um <laughs> He started skating lessons when he was like two or three, started really young, and now he's a really good skater, and he plays ice hockey or, you know, however a six-year-old can play ice hockey at this point. It's interesting. That's awesome. 
Yeah, we'll see how long it lasts. See if he likes it. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> so, you know, after you stop playing ice hockey, are you now playing club soccer in the off seasons as well? Yeah, so I played all year round. Um, you know, when I was rec, I played all the seasons of rec. And then when I was, I think, club starts at travel starts at U9 or U10. So as soon as that started at that age, you know, I was on a club team and I was traveling mm-hmm. uh, mainly around the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. But, you know, we would go to tournaments all over, right? Um, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania or Virginia or North Carolina, um, Florida, right? So Very that cool. was my whole middle school, high school career. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Traveling around. Hey, that sounds fun to me. And in the winter, would you play indoors? Yeah. Nice. Uh, so we had a couple of indoor facilities around my house, which was nice. Stay in shape and indoors fun, so it was a good time. Yeah, you have to wear the slider shoes, right? You guys don't wear spikes? Correct, yeah. Either those are like the turf shoes, but... Uh, actually, you know what? Some indoor facilities do let you wear cleats. Okay. Which is more fun because you get a little more control. Yeah. <laughs> but... In high school, you attend Robinson. I'm a little upset you didn't go to T.C. Williams. <laughs> I'm sorry. We moved <laughs> at that time. <laughs> so how was the soccer team at Robinson when you were there? Um, you know, I only played varsity for one year, uh, my senior year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even try out until my junior year. Oh, really? Um, yeah, for soccer at all. No, that's not true. My sophomore year. So I played sophomore, junior year. And with JV and then one year varsity. So uh, and it was the biggest high school in Virginia. So it, it was pretty competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, Northern Virginia is a hotbed for soccer. So there was a lot of good players. So at the time I wasn't, you know, my level wasn't high enough to <laughs> play until my senior year. And then I played and it was great. Um, nice. But uh, it was okay. We won our district one or two years. Uh, we were always competitive. Um, which is obviously fun to be a part of and and just wish we could have gone a little further in the state tournaments. Yeah. Eh, that happens. But it's high school soccer, so not the end of the world. (laughs) And did colleges recruit you to play for them, whether it be when you were playing your senior year at Robinson or throughout your years in club? A little bit, but it was mainly at the D3 level, so not Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no, of course not. And that's obviously what I ended up doing. Um, mm-hmm. But it was just kind of, I had to decide whether I wanted to go to a big school and not play soccer at all, uh, which was my original plan. I wanted to go to Virginia Tech, like my mom. Um, oh, nice. Great school. Or, for sure. Uh, or I wanted to go to school in some big city, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of realized after a little bit, all right, I'm, well, I realized my mom pushed me to realize that the academics were a little bit more important and that a small school was much better for me academically. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started kind of reaching out to some of these smaller schools, Guilford, um, Goucher in Maryland, Ursinus in Pennsylvania. So those were a couple of schools, Mary Washington, uh, that I was looking at, that I was being recruited at, but because I reached out to them. And I was like, hey, I want to go to your school you know, come take a look at me. Okay. So then they would come um, to your game for sure. Nice. Um, I didn't actually get, I got an offer to play to sinus and I got an offer to come try out at Guilford and I ended up loving Guilford. Um, I went to the like open 
what are they called? Like admitted students weekends or whatever. Okay. Um, in the spring of my senior year up in Philadelphia, it was freezing and it just snowed. And then the next weekend we went down to North Carolina and it was like a beautiful spring day. So I said, okay, <laughs> I'm coming to North Carolina. Can't do the cold. Yeah. Don't um, blame you. And I ended up basically walking onto the team, but then, you know, kind of proved myself that I was, should be on the team and, and meant to do that. So absolutely I played for four years. Yeah. Very cool. But so you went to Guilford originally as a freshman, but you didn't have a guaranteed spot because they said you had to try out. Basically. Yeah. I, looking back on it, that's exactly how it was in the moment. It was, Oh, I'm on this team. Like I mm. was pretty, you know, which is how maybe you should be as an athlete to be confident oh, for and, sure. and wanting to make sure that your mentality is right to make the team. But uh, it definitely wasn't guaranteed, so I'm glad it worked out for me. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, do you think you would have stayed at Guilford had you not made the team? <sighs> Again, I don't know, because it was, didn't even cross my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm sure yeah, I would have, because I, I, yeah, um, I love the school, and it was a great campus and a great city, and um, I met some great friends there, but um, yeah, I don't know. Well, didn't cross your mind, didn't happen, because you were obviously good enough to play. But Guilford, as you said, a small Division three school, it's in Greensboro, North Carolina. And mm-hmm. interestingly enough, your college was smaller than your high school. As you said, your high school was, like, the biggest, and, you know, Guilford was very small. Was that a hard yeah, adjustment? For sure. Um, I mean, I went from, you know, this huge school to classes of, 18 to 20 people seeing people every day, you know, the same people every day. Right. Like it was, it was an adjustment, but it wasn't like I was in the middle of nowhere. Greensboro Mm -hmm. is not a big city, but it's, you know, big enough and there's shops in a downtown and places to go. And it's not like I was trapped at the school. Right. So it was a small school, but you could go and be entertained and not be stuck there. So that was important. Yeah, that's good. And it's funny hearing you talk about going from classroom size A lot of it is like a lot of people have the reverse situation where, you know, they know everyone in high school and their classroom size is like 18 people. You know, you see the same people every day. And then college is where you don't know everyone and the class sizes are big. That's pretty funny. It was an an adjustment for sure. Yeah. So you probably knew everyone you graduated with, didn't you? I mean, obviously not everybody, but. I interacted with almost all of them at least once or twice. Wow, that, that, I think that's pretty cool. It is cool, yeah. I mean, it was, I was, after four years, I was ready to be done and like back in the city, but mm. it was a great <laughs> experience and great time. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I went to a medium sized school, but I looked at the school, this school called Siena. It's in upstate New York, and I really liked it, but it was very small. And I was like, you know what? Just for me personally, I wanted to go to someplace bigger than my high school. That's great. Where'd you end up going? I went to Bloomsburg in Pennsylvania. Okay, nice. And same situation, great four years, but by the end of it, I was ready to, I'm kind of near the city in New York, so I was, you know, ready to get back to, get back to that. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) And, you know, your first few seasons at Guilford, you don't see much time on the field. So was that hard for you? Um, it was for sure because, you know, I wanted to play yeah, um, of course. and I, and I want to, 
to get a shot. And I, I didn't think I did fairly. Not that there was anything like going on, but I, I didn't think that um, I was given the opportunity to show what I could do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fortunate that that changed at the end of my career there uh, because we did pretty well. And those are the, the better two years that we had. Um, not obviously because of me, but it was just, it worked out that way. And, and we had a great two years and I'm glad I got to, to play. But at the same time, I just wanted to play soccer and mm-hmm. whether it was just practicing or being with my friends every day, like that's what I was happy with. Uh, the more time I got in the field, the better, of course, uh-huh. but I was happy being part of the team and, and going to games and being at practice and just kicking a soccer ball every day. Um, that's how much I love the game. So sounds like um, you were a great teammate. I tried to be, and that was, you know, if I wasn't going to be given the chance to be on the field, I had to be the best teammate from the bench that I could. Right. So, mm-hmm. and you know, even though you didn't play a lot as a freshman, you did score a goal. So that must've been a really cool experience. I did. Um, it was in a 10 zero game. So, Hey, you, you still know, scored. I, I take it with a grain of salt, but for sure. Um, it was, you know, meant a lot. And, um, I had some friends there that saw the goal. So, uh, that was fun to, to be a part of and celebrate. But, um, it was one of my first games too. Maybe my first game actually. Oh, wow. Um, Score goal in your first game. Something like that. It was early. Yeah. Um, so that was cool. Of course. Scoring goals is always great. (laughs) And as you said, you see the most playing time your last two years in college. And as a senior, you even started a bunch of games. And again, you score a goal senior year. I did. I was much more involved senior year in not only my goals, but, uh, some assists and some PKs won. So, Oh yeah. Uh, again, always always good to be a part of that. But yeah, that goal was actually a good play earned. My best friend and roommate assisted it. Like it was a it was a great that was a great day. Nice. <laughs> and how was the soccer team during your four years there? Um, we were we had one okay year, one not good year, and then two pretty good years. Um, oh yeah, and as you said, those were the two years that you were playing. Yeah. Um, my unfortunately like we had a really good team um we had some really talented players on the team and my senior year we had a really talented group um some really talented players and we thought that we were going to go pretty far my senior year i think everything started to click a little bit and we ended up losing in the first round of the tournament which was just like devastating to us at the time because yeah. we thought yeah, it was at home. We like did it, had a really good season, but clinched like a home, you know, host a, the first round of the turn or the second round, whatever it was. I think we might've got a buy. I don't know, but it was, it was hard to, you know, play our last game in that situation. Right. Yeah. That's um, tough. It, it was nice that it was at home. So we at least got to share that moment with friends and family that, that came to support, but Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we thought we had a little bit more in us, unfortunately. Yeah, that stinks. But, you know, that's part of sports, right? Upsets happen. For sure. For sure. Throughout your career there, were your parents able to come to a lot of your games? Because Alexandria and Greensboro aren't that close. No, yeah. Um, at the time, we had already moved from Alexandria. So we were living in a little town called Clifton, which is near, uh, which is near Fairfax, near closer to my high school. Okay. But 
not, you know, still in Northern Virginia, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they came to a lot of games. Um, oh, even at the beginning when I wasn't playing too, too much, um, they would still come watch the team. It's only a four and a half, you know, five hour drive. So it terrible. wasn't too bad from them. Yeah. Um, however, they were balancing at my first two years, my sister, um, playing soccer for her club and for her high school, uh, for our high school. And then my second two years, her playing up in New York. So it was like every other weekend they were either coming to North Carolina to watch soccer or going up to New York to watch oh, soccer. Oh, wow. So they had to drive no matter what. So they were doing a lot of driving, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, you know, can't thank them enough for, for doing that and balancing that and, and you know, making the time to, to support us. It meant a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. You have really supportive parents, it seems like. They're great, I have to say. <laughs> And you majored in sports management. So had you known for a while you wanted to work in sports? Um, no. So not really. I came into Guilford as a history major, which now that I think about it, is, it's just like makes me laugh because I had no <laughs> idea like what I was going to do with that. I just liked <laughs> history and said, oh, this, I could do this. Um, so my major changed like three or four times within my first year or two which is, of course, very normal, and yeah. a lot of kids don't know what they want when they first get to school, right? I still but, don't know what I want. I'm cl- getting close to 30. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after a year, I think, at Guilford, I heard friends of mine talking about this intro to sports management course that they'd, uh, that they'd taken, and the professor was really great, and he was the head of the department, and I should think about it because it was a cool class. Uh, and it was I took it my first semester of my sophomore year, I think, and just was got super interested in the whole world. Like, I, I guess I knew that that might have been a thing, but um, just the whole aspect of sport business and sport law, um, sport finance, like all those classes were super interesting. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I wanted to do with all that information and all the things that I was learning, but I knew I wanted to work in sports somehow. Um, I got a couple internships when I was down at Guilford, one with the Sports Commission, the Greenboro Sports Commission, who helped plan sports, sporting events all over the city and all, mm. all over like the triad area. Nice. Um, mainly a bunch of ACC tournaments. Because oh, ACC yeah, the headquarters is, are down there, right? Is based in Greensboro, yeah. So uh, the basketball tournaments, men's and women's basketball mm. tournaments were in Greensboro a couple of years. Uh, golf, swimming and diving, so... I was able to work with ACC quite a bit, which was you know incredible because they're a huge conference and um, yeah, put on huge events, and uh, it was really eye-opening and, and very cool to be a part of that. So I'm starting to think, okay, operations is super interesting. I, it's a lot of work, but I, I like it. You know, uh, I want to see what I can do with that, and that kind of led me into getting an internship with DC United. Was that internship with DC United after you graduated? Yeah, so I I got it, or you know they hired me, if you will, mm-hmm. um, in the middle of my senior year, uh, like right after a second semester started. So I knew that I was going to move back home and go back and work at DC United for the summer. So it's oh, kind of nice awesome. to have a plan, um, even though it wasn't a full time job and I wasn't getting paid quite yet. It was it was a plan, and I knew it was at least going to go back home and have some stability, right? Yeah, um, and you probably got to coast your second semester. I'm jealous. Um, I won't say that I was coasting for my parents, but <laughs> um, 
you know, we finished. We had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> good, as you should. You're a senior. Um, but I still had to get the get that piece of paper, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so um, now you have that internship during the summer. And did they hire you right after that? They didn't. Um, oh, twist. There was no, yeah. Um, there was no uh, openings at the time mm-hmm. in the department that I wanted. I'm sure I could have pushed for a sales or a marketing job or something like that, but uh, it was not what I wanted to do, especially after having been in that role and, and seen the insides of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, exactly how those departments worked. It was not something that I was interested in. Um, but I got a job with a management company called Elite Tournaments, and they run youth soccer tournaments all over the country, really, uh, mainly the East Coast, like Maryland, Virginia, mm-hmm. but they have tournaments all over. So they met me at a Gold Cup game that they were helping manage up in Baltimore and immediately saw what I was doing and saw my work ethic and was like, hey, we have an opening. Like, We want you to come in to, to interview for it. So I did, and um, kind of reluctantly because I didn't want to work in youth soccer, I wanted to work at DC United, really. Mm-hmm. I wanted to work in professional soccer uh, or professional sports somewhere. So I did it, and again, my mom pushing me to do it. Like, these people are going to pay you. They, they want to <laughs> offer you a job. Like, you're going to go take that job. <laughs> um, and that's what happened. Uh, interviewed, and right away, they offered me a position. So I took it, um, and I worked there for about five months before I got a call from DC United to come back. Oh, great. So, yeah, um, you really didn't have to wait that long in the, you know, I did, in the long yeah. run. Yeah, it felt it felt like a long time because just like it wasn't a great commute and it was it was a lot of work those mm-hmm. five months, but um, you know it was worth it. I got to where I wanted to be. Yeah, and you know you said that you always wanted to work in professional sports, but since soccer is your favorite sport, was MLS always the goal? For sure. I mean, I can't tell you how many jobs I applied to, like my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it was NHL or even NFL, baseball, these NCAA, um, where else? Like these random arenas or stadiums. You know, I, was, I was applying to sports jobs all over the place, whether it was for operations or um, event planning, event management, that kind of stuff. I just wanted to like be in sports. And I, my plan was eventually to get into soccer, but if I couldn't do that quite yet, then I would um, just get into sports and see what I could do from there. Um, nice. Luckily... It worked out for me, but, um, but yeah, soccer was the MLS really was the goal. And how many years have you been with DC United now? Oh man, this is my eighth year, I guess. Wow. Um, so I started in 2013. Um, I interned in 2013, started at the end of that year and haven't left. So it doesn't feel like it doesn't thank you. Yeah. It doesn't feel like that long but when you look back at it it's a lot has happened between now and yeah (laughs) and you're the director of team administration what does Mm -hmm. your job entail so basically i am in charge of getting the players and the team uh everywhere we need to go uh you know when we have a awake game to wherever cincinnati uh chicago wherever it is i coordinate the flight I coordinate the buses, I coordinate the hotel, all of our movements, that all goes through me. 
And then when we travel, I just make sure everything goes according to plan. Seems pretty stressful. It can be stressful, um, for sure. There, you know, it can be, there's a lot of work that goes into trips. Of course, it, it takes course. about a month um, to plan something like that. So even just a weekend trip, we start about four weeks out. Um, so if everything goes according to plan, it should run pretty smooth, but that almost never happens, right? Oh, of course not. Uh, so the, the challenge is to make sure everything goes according to plan, but then be ready for what happens when it doesn't. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's really the hard part is learning those things to do and, and how to, uh, you know, fix problems and problem solve and uh, figure out how to get the players where I need to be safely. Wow. So it seems to me like it's a very important job, but it's very behind the scenes. For sure. Um, I mean, we definitely don't get any of the praise or any of the attention, rightly so, because it's not about us. It's about the players, but um, that's that's just how it is. That's the, the world of working behind the scenes in sports, you know? But hey, you know, if if your star player sleeps in a great bed at this awesome hotel that you set up and then plays great the next day, I feel like you should get some credit. <laughs> Maybe a little tiny bit, but it's, you know, it's not just me. It's the coaches, it's the training staff, it's the sports science staff, you know, everybody's working hard to get the players uh, as prepared for games as possible. Obviously, when it's on the field, like, it's on them and, mm-hmm. you know, we can't do much from there, but that's really the job is to, to do as best we can to prepare them for those games. And do I have this right? You also drive players around? Uh, I, yeah, I guess I still do a little bit. That's what I started doing for sure. Um, and that's what I did with, with a player that we might speak about in a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But part of the responsibility is to get players to and from training. If they're new, you know, they obviously if we sign them from another team or from another country, they don't have a house yet. So they have to stay at our hotel and we have to get them everywhere they need to be again, getting the players where they need to be. Right. So whether it's to the airport or to training every day. Uh, so that's under my department. So I don't okay. necessarily always do that myself, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's part of the part of the gig. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You're, you're a hardworking guy, Rory. For sure. I mean, that's, if there's one thing about me that people should know that's, that's it. <laughs> and how do you like all the travel that's in, that's involved? Because I, I feel like traveling is fun, but you're doing it so often, it must get old. I don't know. I, I'm not there yet. Um, oh, that's good. Eight years, uh, you're still not there? Good. Well, I haven't... I just... I, this is my first year in the, this role as the head of the department. Um, the last two years, I was working with Wayne, um, mm-hmm. and... I traveled with the team with him. And prior to that, maybe every two months or every three months, I would go on a trip. Um, so it's pretty minimal. So this is, that's, this is what I've been working towards and gotcha. what I want to get into. So my boss, my ex-boss, the guy who I replaced, had been in the role for 12 years, 11 years. So I can't imagine what that, and he's still not doing it with another team. So uh, I'm sure he's not tired of it. He just loves the role and loves the job mm-hmm. and loves the sport and the team. And that's where I envision myself being as well. Um, you know, I love traveling as it is. Um, so getting to do that with a soccer team 
that I grew up supporting is I can't imagine we'll ever get old. Yeah, that's true. So now this role, you're traveling with them all the time. Yep. Got yep. it. I mean, I'm, uh, since I'm planning the trips, um, I got to be on them to, uh, to make sure everything goes okay. Yeah, makes sense. So, Rory, as you mentioned, you know, we're going to talk about a player. You mentioned Wayne Rooney. Before we, we, before we talk about that, you're an out gay man. And if you don't mind me asking, when did you realize you were gay? I always knew, you know, um, mm -hmm. at least a little bit. I didn't really fully realize it until my senior year of college. I didn't, you know, have any kind of breaking moments that, I don't know, that really told me, hey, or I made the decision, listen, this is who I am now, or this is, this is my reality. Um, but it would have been coming for a little bit, for sure. Okay. And, you know, when you started to work for DC United, you weren't out to coworkers and the team. So was it a matter of wanting your privacy or, you know, the stereotype of working in sports and it being this macho environment where you thought maybe you couldn't be out? Um, it wasn't that I necessarily couldn't be out. And I wasn't, it wasn't that I wasn't out in my life. Mm -hmm. I just yeah, you were out to friends and work, family. Right? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I, and that's kind of always what I've said is that I didn't, there was a time where I thought maybe I shouldn't be quite too open about this yet because I wanted to sort of prove myself um, first. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure people knew who I was as a hard worker, committed, you know, employee of the club before they knew that side of me. Uh, just because, you know, everybody was fine and everybody had a great reaction to it when they did find out, but you never know, right? Mm -hmm. uh, especially yeah. in the sports world, um, you never know how it's going to turn out. So uh, I'm glad that, that that's the way it did. That's the way it happened. Um, but I just lived my life kind of openly and, and truthfully, and eventually players found out, eventually staff found out, and uh, it wasn't a big deal. So it was great. That's was great to, to hear. For me, really. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, talking about players and staff finding out, that's where Wayne Rooney comes into play. So for anyone that doesn't know... Wayne Rooney is a very good English professional soccer player. He holds the goal record for the English national team and Manchester United. He played in the MLS for DC United in 2018 and 2019. And he realized you were gay, or did you tell him? How did, how did that happen? I think a play, one of the players told him. Oh, so someone this, else knew. Yeah, so this is, and I think it just kind of happened in conversation. Like, it wasn't it didn't seem like it was that big a deal from what they told him, mm -hmm. but this was maybe a month after we like first met and started working together. Um, so he kind of came up to me and was like, what do you mean? Like, why wouldn't you tell me this? Like not accusing me, but just mm -hmm. saying, Hey, you know, some a player told me you were gay. Like, why wouldn't you say anything? And I said the same thing I just said to you, you know, I, I, that's not, I wasn't, I wasn't going to introduce myself say, hey, I'm Rory, I'm gay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't, didn't necessarily need you to know that. I'm sure it was going to come out at some point. But, and here we are, right? <laughs> um, and same thing with him. He, his first words were, you know, listen, I don't care. We're still friends. Like, 
I have That's no great. issue with it, right? Um, which was, of course, incredible to hear, and uh, not only for him just as a friend, but as the player that he was, the big name that he was, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of squash any of those rumors of, I don't know, European or English guys being not okay with it, he was totally fine. That's uh, great. So it was, yeah, it was, it was in a, yeah, it was incredible. Um, and I'm glad that that's kind of how our friendship started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know, the reason that he approached you with that, like, why didn't you tell me? Because you guys had been pretty close, right? You were his driver. I, yeah, I mean, I still work for the club, but because he wasn't able to drive in the U.S., uh, I drove him around to training to the airports, you know, everywhere he needed to go, really, um, along with doing all of my other duties, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I got pretty close with him and his family, um, his agent, you know, everybody on his team I worked really closely with the two years that he was with us. Um, so we'd spent at, already at that time quite a bit of time together. Um, so I'm sure for him it was, you know, quite the surprise to find out somebody he'd spent so much time with <laughs> um, was gay, but again, was no issues with it, and uh, it was a great reaction from him. That's good, and that's always good to see. You know, leaders in the locker room, really good athletes, be fine with homosexuality. You know, we need more of those. I don't know if you follow basketball, but Dwayne Wade has been openly supportive of his trans daughter, and I just think that's great to have these big figures be so supportive. I'm sure you agree. <laughs> No, it's incredible. Um, I mean, him and Gabrielle Union, they're just perfect parents, and it's amazing to see them be so supportive, and uh, not only for the community, but for, obviously, their daughter and and Mm. for everybody watching, you know, not only for somebody who doesn't have or isn't part of the community, but for cis heterosexual families and couples and parents who are looking at that and being like, okay, even if I don't have a kid that is going through the same thing, it's still okay. And it's still fine. And it's, it's not a big deal. And I can still be supportive of those people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. It was, it was, that's, <laughs> I've been loving their Instagram. It's been great. Yeah, it is great. The athletic, which is a popular sports journalism website, did an article on Wayne's friendship with you. How, how are you approached with this idea? And did you need time to consider it? Because it's one thing to be out to your friends, family, coworkers, you know, your community, but it's a whole nother thing to be out to the world in a sense. Uh, it is for sure. Although, like I've been saying, you know, it's, I, I've been living my life very openly and anybody who sees my Instagram or sees my Twitter or whatever, sees any picture of me, will know right away, basically, right? Like, and, and it shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. I don't want to, haven't been hiding and I wouldn't hide it or make it a big deal, right? But, mm-hmm. um, but Pablo Mar, the, the journalist, approached me and we didn't, we knew of each other at the time, but didn't, hadn't really had any conversations or, or talked too much between the two of us. Um, I'd just known him from covering the team and he knew me from obviously just being around. He just didn't know what I did. And with Wayne and me always being next to Wayne and being in pictures with Wayne, you know, there started to be some questions of, oh, okay, what does this guy actually do for the team? You know, I, I see he's working hard. I see he's around all the time, but what is his actual role, right? Um, 
So it was great and a really exciting, cool offer for him. Um, and, you know, he's a pretty fantastic journalist and a great writer. And The Athletic does kind of great profiles and stories like this often. Um, but it was it was a cool experience for sure. I mean, I, I didn't have to think too, too much about it just because I wanted not, you know, any fame or, or attention, but I wanted to make sure there was a kid who might be gay and, and might want to work in soccer or play soccer and know that that's okay. Not only mm-hmm. for me on my side that, you know, as a gay man working in soccer, that it's okay, but that the straight players, professional players are cool with it and are friends with me and it's not a big deal. Right. Yeah. Um, so I wanted that story told and I'm oh, glad great. that Pablo did such a great job with it. Yeah, it's a great article. And what has the response been like since it came out last year? Uh, yeah, I'm overwhelmingly positive. I haven't had anybody say anything negative, which has been great. I mean, that's, I haven't, you know, I'm lucky with that. I know that's not the same experience that, that everybody has. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very fortunate for that. But uh, it's been really cool. And I've had, you know, people at work even who I'm sure, again, knew that I was gay, but maybe didn't say anything to me or I don't know, just be supportive. Right. And the CEO at the time sent me a message being like, Hey, really cool article. I love that. Our GM, um, Ben Olson, the head coach was quoted in the article, but also said, you know, that was really great. I'm proud of you. Um, just a lot of people that I hadn't necessarily heard that from before, uh, yeah. said things, which was great. Um, and, and meant a lot to me that, you know, I knew that we were cool because it hadn't been an issue, but for them to openly then say, Hey, listen, like I'm proud of you or, or this was, this was really cool to read or whatever it was, you know, uh, it was nice to hear, nice to hear those things. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy that it's been a positive experience. For sure. Yeah. Thank you. I feel for the people who that is not the case for. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's part of what I wanted to do. Right. Is yeah. Give some positivity there. And, hope that that can change right yeah absolutely and you know hopefully as the years go on it becomes more the norm for sure that shouldn't have to be a story right yeah exactly and it you know it shouldn't even have to be questioned if a coworker who's gay in a sports locker room you know like stuff like that it shouldn't even be questioned right exactly so you technically should be in season now but obviously with the coronavirus it's been postponed so are you able to do work at this time? What have you been up to these past few weeks? Doing work still. Uh, you know, there's, if there's no travel and there's no home games and there's not even training, there's not a whole lot for me to be doing, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. As, as, and it's weird for me because I'm, I'm always just really busy and always <laughs> like to be busy and like to be doing stuff, but that's just not the case anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. So um, just been dealing with you know, making sure guys have the information that they need about their workout programs or any news from MLS that comes out. Um, today, for example, they extended the uh, training moratorium, so the, the hold on training for another week or so. Mm. Um, so just kind of day by day, just like everybody really is, is evaluating the situation and um, trying to determine and analyze how it affects our world because it affects everybody a little differently. So, Rory... I know you watch a lot of soccer. 
Are you a fan of the U.S. women's national team and men's national team? Um, I'm glad you started with the women because, yes, <laughs> I love the women. The women are amazing. Um, yes, very much. Uh, I've just I've watched them for so long. And as a little kid, again, like having my mom and my sister play soccer, we watched all kinds of soccer, but loved the women's national team. And I loved going with my sister to women's games to support them. And we would go to Washington Freedom Games at RFK back in the day with Mia Hamm and even Abby Wambach nice. when she played. So we've, I've been supporting them for a long, long time. Uh, but the men as well, uh, mm-hmm. I have to be honest. It wasn't always like that. Um, yeah. My allegiances are usually with Spain. Uh, but now that I have friends who play on the team, it's things a little different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? You have to root for them. <laughs> for sure. Um, and I do, and I, I support all of them now. And, and uh, obviously, I was very disappointed that they didn't make, not, didn't make the World Cup uh, in 2018, but hoping for a great turnaround and hoping that they can, uh, you know, recover as they should be in every World Cup, right? Yeah, yeah, hopefully. And uh, I, I enjoy watching the women's team as well. What I find so fascinating is I love that men get so involved when they're playing either in the World Cup or the Olympics. Like, you know, at my office, they'd play a lot around 2 o'clock, so a lot of people would take, you know, a late lunch and we'd all be in the kitchen watching. My brother, who's in his, you know, mid-30s, and it's not that he doesn't like women's sports, but for the girls' soccer, he will, you know, be tuned in and watching it when the game is on, which I think is really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's how... I mean, I think it's like that quite a bit, you know? The World Cup is always something different that even people who don't like sports will participate in and and watch and enjoy and kind of take it all in, especially when the women, uh, the United States women are doing so well and always are very successful. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's easy to pay attention and to root for that, right? Um, Absolutely. But regardless, great to see and great to have the support, right? Absolutely. And, you know, the U.S. women are one of the best teams in the world. Doesn't really matter the sport. The men's national team, you know, as you said, missed the World Cup. They struggle. And I think it's partly because soccer isn't the most popular sport in the U.S., where in a lot of other countries it is. Would you agree? I don't know if that's necessarily the reason that they struggle, but that is true for sure. That, uh, you know, obviously we have so many sports, baseball, football, mm-hmm. basketball, soccer, you know, there are so many sports that, that – a lot of people pay attention to. And I think soccer is definitely growing at a exponential level, but um, not, it'll, not that it won't ever be at that level of, of the NFL or the NBA, but uh, it'll take some time. You know, it's still new in this yeah. country, right? So, Yeah, why do you think they struggle? There's just so many answers, right? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, people, some don't like the coach, didn't like Klinsman, didn't like what, Bruce Arena did when he came in. Um, some people think that it's on the youth level that there wasn't enough support there or we're not recruiting the right kids. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know exactly what the big reason is. I don't think it's a one reason, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, and it was just, you know, one game, right? Like it was really that one game against Trinidad Tobago that they didn't win and that was it. 
that's so it, it was if it was they'd scored one goal, we'd be having a totally different conversation. Good point. So it's not um, it's not like they were super far off that they didn't even make it to qualify, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was definitely a wake up call, right? Um, For sure. So I don't know. Uh, I, I'm not a coach. I'm not a, an executive. So I don't, I don't have the answers, unfortunately. I just, <laughs> well, all I can do is, is support them and, and wish them the best and do everything that I can in my power to, to hope that they succeed and, and make it to the next World Cup. Nice. I have a theory on how I think the U.S. men's national team is going to get better. Do you want to hear it? Sure. Let's go. It does kind of go along with me saying it's not the most popular sport in the U.S. I think with all this information on head injuries in football and CTEs. I mean, I don't know if you watched the Aaron Hernandez documentary or, you know, I the did, ju- yeah. junior say out 30 for 30. I kind of just have this feeling that parents are going to, you know, stop letting their kids play football or, you know, kind of gently push them towards soccer. I mean, I know my brother he is a four-year-old son, doesn't want him to play football, and doesn't even think football is going to be around that much longer. There's so much money in it that I don't think that's true. But I do think, you know, as the years go on, more kids are going to focus on soccer rather than football. And I think that's how another way they might be really good. For sure, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I think everybody plays soccer, though, right? Like as a kid. Yeah. Almost everybody plays soccer, but it always yeah, stops sure. at a certain age, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the key is, and maybe you're right, that maybe it's part of that, um, is just keeping them engaged or keeping them with it and not having them distracted with whatever it is, another sport, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just keeping as many kids as, as possible in the program. Uh, you know, we're a huge country. It's just, there shouldn't be any reason why we can't put together 23 people that can win several soccer games and make it to a World Cup, right? For sure. Um, we just have to have the infrastructure. And part of it is college soccer, too. Like, it's a whole different discussion. But um, the way that we prepare our youth kids and the, the, the structure that exists today is not – is just a little behind compared to the rest of the world. Uh, There's a lot in that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. And, you know, I don't know about some of your friends, but some of my friends, you know, played soccer through eighth grade. And then once freshman year came, they wanted the glitz and glamour of being on the football team and, you know, went out for the football team instead. So I don't know. I think maybe if there's more of a demise of football, we might see the soccer rise. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it's going to take a while. This is like a theory for... 30 years later. So I'll call you in 30 years if I was right. (laughs) Yeah, let me know. (laughs) Let's reconvene. (laughs) Rory, I like to end the podcast with some fun questions. What do you think about that? All right, let's go for it. All right. What are you binge watching these days? Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I'm just about to start Tiger King. uh, Oh, I heard that's good. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard it's crazy. I'm excited to start. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I've heard a lot of thoughts. I'm excited. Uh, but before I'm then, I was watching. I'm scared of the guy watching... in the picture. He has like a mullet. I'm scared he, of it. <laughs> it's an interesting look for sure. <laughs> Sex Education on Netflix was great. I heard that's funny. 
Um, and then I just, oh man, I'm like blanking. I've been watching so much stuff. Just like random movies, really. Just trying to get caught up on some movies that I haven't seen before. Okay, nice. All right, next question. Who is your favorite non-soccer team? Non-soccer team. So it has uh, to be another sport. Probably the Capitals. Okay, good Washington team. Washington Capitals, hockey. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Go Caps. <laughs> Last question. What is a talent you have that not many people know about? Oh, my gosh. A talent I have? Um, I'm pretty good at FIFA. The video game? Yeah, the video game. Yeah, I don't know. That maybe is a cop-out, but... No, that's a good one. Like Some people it. might disagree, but... <laughs> that's what I'm going with. All right, all right. I like it. Roy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had a blast. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Bridget. I appreciate it. Of course. And where can the people follow you? So I'm at Roy Muyeda, um on Twitter, on Instagram, LinkedIn. <laughs> Easy enough. <laughs> All right, Rory. Thanks again. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Rory Moyeta. I hope you enjoyed it. I think it's awesome that he's able to be himself and it's a non-issue in the locker room. And I encourage everyone to check out his article in The Athletic. It's a great read. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.